Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode 116 of NASCAR Radio, where trading cards and racing meet. I'm your pal Val, and with me is some Texas card dude. What up, everybody? What up, yo? Brad. What up, Skidmark? And then Skidmark. the man, the myth, the legend, PSA, and White Castle Hall of Famer, Logan, how are you? I'm feeling fine. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Jason, I hope you're enjoying your vacation. We miss you. Do you really miss him? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, okay. And, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Panini America. And got a great show for everybody today. We're going to do a racing recap like normal. We're going to talk about some golden auctions ended, and we'll take a look at some of the prices there that were realized. We're going to talk about NASCARs and some of the sets, maybe some of the history and, and some of the more popular sets folks might not know about. And then we're going to finish off with King's Court. So, did I miss anything? All right, let me get to it. There was no truck race, but they are actually coming out of hiatus now, and they are running race number 21. There's only two races left till Phoenix. Our, one of those races will be Talladega Super Speedway, the Chevy Silverado 250, and that's going to be Saturday, October 1st at 2.30 p.m. Stages for Talladega Super Speedway, end of lap 20 end of lap 40, and end of lap 94. Crash-a-rama. Yep. And it's going to be a, a good day Saturday because it's actually going to be a doubleheader. So I jump, I'm skipping ahead here. So over to Xfinity. They actually were racing last week, and that was race number 27 of the 18th annual Andy's Frozen Custard 300. I think those guys are still finishing up the ice cream. And that was Saturday, September 24th at Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth, Texas. Just a coincidence having Brad on from Texas. I don't know. Our mm. winner, Noah Greskin. And highest finishing rookie was Austin Hill at position two. Yeah, that boy's going to cup. There's no doubt. Well, are they still eating ice cream in the pits? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a little uh, Days of Thunder reference there. Noah Graskin has putting on a show in September, and they've actually rolled out the Mr. September reminiscent of Harry Gant. I was tweeting that he's Mr. September Jr., but... Yeah, no, nobody can take take that away from Harry Gant. He, Gregson will have to be Jr., for sure. Which is not a bad thing. <laughs> no. This is the fourth straight win for Noah Graskin in the Xfinity Series. So he, I think... They're hitting on all cylinders. Like you said, they're they're destined to cup. Uh, everybody is going to be taking notice of Gretzkin now. If yeah, they weren't you, before. You know that uh, he tied a record with those four wins in a row. He tied that record with Sam Ard from 1983. So that's been 39 years since that's happened. Now, will he get a fifth win? I don't think so. I think Talladega is going to be too tough. For him to try to pull that off, but he—who knows? He, he might get lucky. Yeah, the odds are definitely against him at Talladega because, as you said, it's anything goes there. With, with everybody's waiting for that that big one. But when it comes to no aggression cars, we've been, like I said, talking about them for the last four weeks now. I'm just trying to figure out who the rookie of the year for the Xfinity Series is. I think it's Ty freaking Gibbs. Uh it, it could be Austin Hill. It yeah, I think. Be. 
Yeah, but first, no aggression. Let me finish up on his cards. 2017 Dunruss, only in signature series there. First base cards are going to be in 2017 Panini Absolute. I have those up on the screen. That's card number 88 with the different, like, handful of parallels and then with printing plates. 2017 Panini Select, only signatures. And 2017 Panini Torque, only signatures. Highest finisher rookie. Austin Hill. We talked about him last week, and I uh, made a correction now. So the 2021 Dunross with all the different parallels, optic, optic signatures, and then printing plates. And then in Chronicles last week, we were talking about he was in only in Zenith, and uh, Jason had pointed out that he's in Spectra, which is correct. So he has the Spectra number 10 and the different parallels, the Celestial Blue number to 99, Interstate. Interstellar red to 49, pink to 25, gold to 10, and Nebula 101. And then 2021 Panini Prism signing sessions. Yeah, that boy's good. He's uh, he's probably going to take over the Coloretics ride. And I get, I'm going to guess it's the 29 car. That would be my guess. Because he's he's not going to get the three. If, if Kyle Busch can get the three, then uh, you know that. Austin Hill's not going to get the three. With Tyler Reddick leaving or, or bringing that or moving that car number or whatever, definitely. But just quick stats on Noah Greskin. And this year, there's been 27 races so far. He has seven wins, 16 top fives. So I know last year, I think he didn't have a little luck and didn't do very far, go very far in the playoffs. So, but this year, I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, with, with pretty much drawing the line in the sand and going to Petty. You know, this could be his year for the championship. So it's sure looking that way. You know, I thought Sam Mayer was going to do better than he did. And I, I would have thought Sam Mayer would have already won a race, but uh, you know, he was, he was caught up in some accidents this weekend, but I think he still finished like eighth or something. So he came back. So, and you know, I'm going to throw it out there that Noah Greskin, I don't think his cars at, are at the same level as Ty Gibbs, right? Ty Gibbs, I think, has got all the, I don't want to say the hype or whatever, moving the cup, and that's where all the energy's at. His cars' prices are very high, but I think Noah is probably more reasonable, I think, than, than Ty Gibbs. So I think that's a buy. So I'm starting to pick up some Noahs as I find them at a, I guess competitive price or wait to the off season. Yeah. I mean, even his autographs are really not that expensive. Yeah. So I'll be looking for some no Greskin cards, even though Petty's probably not one of the super elite teams, but uh, Noah's got some talent and maybe he goes to Petty for a few years or goes somewhere else, but he's definitely talented. Yeah. He's uh he, he, he'll probably make that, that Richard Petty ride look, look good. I think. Because uh, you, know, you know, Petty GMS has already got one win this year with, with Eric Jones, so who I don't know? yet exactly. So, so I guess I guess he's going to take over the forty-two car uh, where where uh, Todd Dillon is now. I think that's what I heard. Yeah. Moving on, next race, race number twenty-eight, only five till Phoenix, including the Talladega Super Speedway. That's the Sparks 300, and that's going to be Saturday, October 1st at 4 p.m. So we're having a doubleheader on Saturday with the truck race at 1230. 
stages for Xfinity, Talladega, end of lap 25, end of lap 50, and end of lap 113. Uh, Noah is leaving, leading the point so far and is going to advance to the round of eight with that win. We have Riley Herbst, Daniel Hemrick, Brandon Jones, and Jeremy Clements uh, outside looking in to that top eight. So Ryan Sieg and Sam Mayer. Sam Mayer is holding on at position seven by one point. So Yeah. So he's got to bring it these last races. Yeah. I'd love to see him win. That'd be something if he could win at Talladega. That'd be awesome. <laughs> they well, if you're gonna win someplace, Talladega is as good as any. If you can yeah. avoid the big one or yeah. two or three, exactly. It's it's a wild card. So I mean, literally anybody in the field could win. Anybody, even him. <laughs> this is true. Moving over to the Cup Series, that was race number thirty, and that was the 18th annual Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. That was Sunday, September 25th at Texas Motor Speedway. Tyler Reddick was our winner. Highest finish rookie was Austin Sindrick at position 15. Now, this is the third win for Tyler Reddick. I went and looked and was like, you know, how he's doing this year. He's got four finishes where he came in second. So another one who's somebody who said, hey, I'm leaving in the year uh, has been doing. He's gotten two wins since that announcement. He may be, you know. Double double thinking on this one. He may be going, huh, maybe I shouldn't have left. You know, this team is doing really good. And poor Richard Childress is like, <laughs> now we're getting all these wins. Yeah. but I, This just goes to show you that, you know, Childress has really stepped up the game. And uh, I think Kyle Busch is going to step into a good ride. So I think Kyle Busch has a good chance of winning multiple races next year. So. I'm looking forward to that. Well, Kyle is definitely going to make that team better. Oh, gosh, yes. Tyler Reddick. I know we've talked about him a few times over the season. Let's see, where is his 2016 certified there? But 2016, rookie year, first cards for him. In 2016, Panini Prism only signatures, no base cards. How cool would it have been to have some base cards in Prism? But... Denied only signatures. 2016 Panini Torque. We have a base card there for him. Teleretic. Card number 66 with the different parallels. The test proofs and printing plates all 101s. There's dual materials and then driver scripts in Torque. Also base card in 2016 Panini Certified. Card number 49 with the different mirror parallels. And then certified potential signatures and the parallels for that so he's another one i think is what was such a great talent kind of reminds me of of kyle larson where the guy's got a lot of talent but if he was there's good teams and there's elite teams right and i don't know if you probably agree with me on this and that he's moving up to a good team but you know we saw like kyle larson i think he was on a good team with Canassi and then went to an elite team like Hendrick. And then last year he was, you know, lights out. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, being, on, being on a particular team hurts and helps. Hurts and helps. You could be a fantastic driver. And if you're on a lousy team, then, or even a halfway decent, then you're going to struggle all year mightily. Mightily. Yeah. 
No, no, you're exactly right. So you have the driver, and that, that's an equation. You have the crew chief making the calls and thinking about it, have that experience of when the pit and tires, fuel, all this other stuff. And then you actually have the crew over the wall that's changing the tires, making sure that, you know, if you drop a lug nut or whatever, they have an extra ring on their belt to just put, put in the, the gun and, and get that tire going. So uh, I think it was during the race, they had some hiccups and, you know, they mentioned how many spots that they dropped down because of the hiccup on, on the pit road. So there's a lot of things that go through it. Just like a quarterback gets the, a lot of the praise for the win or the loss, but it's really a team effort and it takes a team to do it. So yeah, yeah it does. even the spotter, even the spotter is extremely important. You, you all were talking last week about, you know, uh, uh, I can't remember if it was Deegan or Patrick took the, took the low side instead of the high side. Spotter probably told her to go. She went and then ended up, pretty much losing a whole bunch of points and a whole bunch of spots as she watched people go by and there's nothing you could do, but just sit there and wait. Because if you try to force yourself your way in, you know, there's bad things could happen. So, Yeah. The drivers don't like that. <laughs> so, no, but no, you're, you're exactly right. So there's a lot of decisions to be made throughout the race. And then, you know, the, the person who makes the best, the best number of, Good decisions wins the race. Our highest finishing rookie, Austin Sendrick, 2018 Dunruss, Phenoms in the insert, the 2018 Panini certified with the first base card, card number 88, also with the mirror, and then Panini Prism scripted signatures, no Prism base cards, but only autographs, and then 2018 Panini Victory Lane, the base card there with different parallels, printing plates. And 2018 Panini Victory Lane signature. So I'm not going to go through all the ones because I know we've talked about him quite a bit as well. So, yep, definitely our rookie of the year this year by far. Definitely. And in the playoffs, uh, currently uh, outside looking in for the round of eight, uh, he came, he started the season with a bang with that win in Daytona. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, a lot of guys that were. That have been trying to win the Daytona 500 for you know a decade or more, and he pops in there his first year and wins it. You know how they were feeling. They were like, "Oh." Well, did you have you been watching the series on USA Race for the Championship? Off and on. So they they mentioned that that second episode was about Daytona, and they you know they're talking to Blaney or Blaney some of that commentary about how he was trying to work. With, with Cindric, they're trying, you know, they were up there up front. I don't know if Joey was up there as well, but, you know, trying to get the win for the team. And he was pushing Blaney. And then I guess he came, he came out of that draft to, uh, to get the win. So they met, they kind of, I guess, implied that, you know, Cindric, if he had it to do over, he would have, he would have changed the outcome. But, um, or he, maybe he wouldn't have done that, but he got his, you know, his first win. So, uh, it's been a pretty interesting show. Uh, I've been enjoying it. Then you know, it's got some race day stuff and then some during the week stuff. So I don't know yeah. if it's as exciting as the F1 show on Netflix, but yeah, I haven't kept up with it. I, I probably should, but and I'll probably end up going back and kind of binge watching it. Yeah, well, and that just speaks to how exciting it is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, 
the next race, did I already say that? So the next race is going to be Talladega Speedway. We have 5 Till Phoenix. That's the Yellowwood 500. That's Sunday, October 2nd at 2 p.m. Stages are going to be end of lap 60, end of lap 120, end of lap 188. So we're race one of three in round in the round of 12. Right now in the cutoff spots, Chase Briscoe, Austin Sendrick, Christopher Bell, and Alex Bowman. This sounds a lot like some of the drivers or all the drivers we mentioned that we thought would be cut off in the round of 16. So pretty much maybe maybe we got our rounds wrong. Yeah, I, I, I forgot how to cipher, so I didn't do it right. Maybe now ones to watch are positions seven and eight. Chase Elliott with his issues. He's only plus four to the good. Daniel Suarez is plus four to the good as well in position eight. So those bottom ones, they're gonna need they're gonna need to win. They're gonna need to win in these last two. So it's gonna be exciting. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna say that. I was gonna say something, but I probably just need to not say it. <laughs> okay. Uh any car is done. Champion Will Power and Rookie of the Year Christian Lundgaard. And then Formula One. They have they have been off, but they're getting ready to start back up. Race number seventeen, the Singapore Airlines Singapore Grand Prix. That's going to be Sunday, October second at eight a.m. Max Verstappen is leading in points by one hundred and sixteen over Charles Leclerc. Didn't they say that if he wins this race, he'll clinch the championship? I was going to mention that. I thought that as well. So we'll we'll see. I don't know if he can get. He's going to be that dominant or not, but we, we'll see. Well, I just don't think he can lose it. I think it's just a matter of time before he clinches it. You know, it's either going to be this week or maybe the next week or whatever. But I just I just don't see him. There's just no way, I think, points-wise for him to lose it. I think Charlotte Claire would have to win every freaking race, and he would have to fall out of several races, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping he doesn't because – I'm not sure, you know, if he runs away with Max runs away with it and secures the victory, you know, for the rest of the races for the year. I mean, everybody mailed it in or, you know what? So we'll, I guess we'll see to be yeah, continued. But, but, you know, last year's race, that was exciting. That last race, that was very exciting and very controversial as well. Yeah. We're so far from that this year. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Lewis Hamilton just hasn't done squat this year. Do you, do you think Lewis Hamilton may win before the year's out? Do you think he has a chance? I hope so. There's always I'd like to see him win one. I mean, I mean, as many races as he won last year, they were like him and Verstappen were almost split. I think there was only a handful of races they didn't didn't win, and Lewis has none this year, and Verstappen has you know whatever it was that he's got. So it's going to be more different than the, these two years. So I'd love to see him win just so he can have a win this year, you know? Yeah. I don't know what his win streak is. I don't know if he's won races every year for the last however many years, but you know, he, he probably has a streak. He wants to try to keep alive. Well, that's all I have for race recap this week. I know we took a little bit of time here with only two races, but <laughs> Yeah, well, it's only 23 minutes. Not too bad, I guess. Yep. All right. Let's all move. Bella's fault. It's what? It's all Bella's fault. Yep. Golden Auctions. can check that out quickly. Golden had their auctions 
finished up on the 24th last weekend. Sort of as by highest price. So the Lewis Hamilton infamous 2006 Future Grand Prix. I think I have that image. That was a BGS 9. The bid was 27000 If you remember the last 9, but it was a PSA 9. 170000 for a PSA 9. Verse, and of course, this was July 16th versus last week at 27 for a, a Beckett 9. So $150,000 swing there. You so, know, or 143, I guess, whatever. If you do the math of that card, the PSA 10 is a $2.4 million card. That's insane. Yeah. But, you know, that's um, back in July. A lot of things have changed since the summer. So we have to take it all with a grain of grain. But we do want to, you know, highlight some of this stuff. It is still a valuable, valuable card, and they're out there. So, And that's another thing, too, is as more become available, more get graded, uh, supply and demand. But the 20, uh, that auction there, so for the 2006 Future Grand Prix, we have some 2020 Sapphires for the Lewis Hamilton that's a number down to 70. That is the seventh anniversary. That was 8,266. Charles Leclerc at a 10, $7,800. Getting a lot of bids between 46 bids and 29 bids for the Charles Leclerc. The yeah. Max for stopping. Oh, that's the, I think, and that's the variation for Lewis Hamilton. That's uh, the time for, uh, for popularity. More bids equals more popularity. Yeah, and some of these are, you know, some of these key cards being Sapphire, which limited edition and the variation. So one other note is the dynasties where we saw some crazy money. Now these, these, and that was on the Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. I don't think we really had any of those high dollar names. But if you remember, these boxes were one card a box. They were what? 5000 a box. I think they've come down to 4000 a box now. But I have been referring to them as scratch-offs because, as you'll see, we have cards you know, for a little bit over that $5,000. But they go down to $150 uh, in, this, in this golden auction. So that's a big, big swing for a loss if you um, pull, pull one of those. So the Charles Leclerc. This is a 2021. We're also looking through these results here. The the Stroll signature 3600 three bids. And that's number. That's a 101 actually. Yeah, that's the only way that could be that price. Is it has to be a 101. Yeah. The 2021 Topps Chrome Sapphire Edition Gold version of the Lewis Hamilton numbered out of 50 PSA 10 of Papa Four three thousand dollars. So. But I did see there were some of the older cards here. It's the 1974 Panini Sports, Nicky Lauda, PSA that's 8, Papa 1, $3,100 with 41 bids. This was pretty popular. That's a sweet card, man, especially for Nicky Lauda. That is a killer card. Oh, man. Yeah, that was before he had his fire. Yeah, that's a, it's a pretty significant open wheel Yes. Hard right there. That's just, wow. You know, not not to uh, rain on the newer F1, but I think the older F1 
I think over time will be be the shining star, the vintage, just because of and Logan, you know, just a few years ago, you could have probably had any of the stuff. People might have been paying you to take it. Yep. Um, the the grid, the '92 grid, and and others that, you know, anything. And I've said it before, anything that was that wasn't meant to be a collectible, you know, can increase in value because just because it was not meant to be a collectible and it wasn't kept or consumed in I AKA stickers. So there's yeah, a yeah, 1966 yeah. Can, candy, Jim Clark. Yeah. What I find amazing right now is, you know, there are a lot of issues that were unknown for the most part to the U S that have, have crept out of the woodwork. You know, everybody's going back now and finding issues from South America, Europe, you know, wherever. It's it's amazing some of the cards that are out there that, that you know, I, I never knew about. I mean, gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, look at our, look at the source in the U.S., right? Dr. Beckett and some of the almanacs and whatever. I don't know if we had that level of probably A, access to the product to be able to catalog all these different things. And if there was something, it, you know, we would probably need to come out of Europe where the majority probably of the products were produced and people had access to to catalog that, right? Yeah. And, and you got to think, too, that the collecting, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to say collecting mentality uh, in the U.S. is different than the way people collect in Europe and the way people collect in South America and other countries throughout the world. I mean, for us, cards are cards are king. You know, over in Europe, you know, that Panini, you know, for years and years and years has made their money off of selling stickers. And that's how people collect over there. That's how they consume it. They consume everything as a sticker and they actually use it as a sticker. You know, they put it in the book. They put it on their books at school. They put it on their lockers at school. They they stick them wherever they because that's what they were meant to do. Yeah. If you go to eBay or whatever the auction sites in Europe, the big thing is the completed sticker book with, with the stickers in there. So that's how they consumed them and, and kept them. So naturally that's what you'll find. So finding unopened packs or unstuck stickers is a big deal. Indeed it is. And those things go for, for nice prices and, and as well, they should. Yeah. So this is 1984 scratch and play. So, and it's a three. Even in a three, that's a fantastic shape. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, without getting some better uh, images and stuff to it, but $1,500 is no slouch, 26 bids. Oh, come on, just write a check. Yeah, I collect NASCAR, so this is all. I have to go to the bottom of the list for, for me. Uh, I was about, you know, making that Logan money. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. the Logan is a whole nother story. Money, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you guys think so. <laughs> so here's another 2006 Futura Nico Roseberg there at 20, 17 bids, $1,100 for a nine. Yeah. And then we have a 2020 Chrome Refractor, Lewis Hamilton, and that's going to be SGC 10 for just over a thousand dollars with 21 bids. And there's also refractor George Russell for just under a thousand. And then when we talk about some of these dynasties, you can see that they start dropping here in price with uh, Valerie Bottas for 780. Again, the boxes were three to $5,000, depending on when you consume them. Here's a 90, 1992 grid, which we were talking about 
with the Michael Schumacher PSA Gem in 10 for $660. That's another card that's really come down in price for PSA 10. They, mm-hmm. they were up there a couple thousand dollars at least. And right. And they were in like factory set form. And like you said, I think you could have had it all you wanted for $10 a set year, just a few God. years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember scoffing at those things. I'd see them on, on eBay auctions. It's like, you know, I had I had my own set that I bought years ago, and I'm like, who needs those things, you know? And now look at it. Mm-hmm. So just, just quickly running through this here, going to the bottom of the list, you can see uh, Felipe. Dynasty. Now, Felipe Durrich, that name is familiar. I can't remember what. Was he Rookie of the Year? He was something. Oh, I think he won F2. That's what it was. He was F2 champion maybe this year. And then, yeah, continuing on to the the 2020 Chrome Lewis Hamilton, not refractor, not anything, but the PSA 9, 150. I, that was probably, I thought, a steal. Yeah. Wow. And moving down below, these are zero bids. Here we go. So Lowest Dynasties here. Triple relic autograph of Nicholas Latifi for $150. Jeez. Like so the, the boxes were, you know, three to four five thousand dollars. You got one. So with my luck, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting one of these. And then uh somebody got had to eat that uh three to five thousand dollars so or loss. I, I'd be crying over that, man. I I hate it if I lose 20 bucks on something, man. Much less spending four thousand dollars and getting getting a hundred and fifty dollar value out of it. And, <laughs> and that's why this is not geared towards us. So no. <laughs> but those that I can afford to play can afford to play. So but but again, they're nice though. So that's one of the things about people opening and whatever, so you have access to to buy some of these. So they're beautiful cards. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. But like you said, Val, it's a L scratch off. Mm-hmm. Good time. So I think, was there anything else with the Golden we wanted to cover? So we covered the 2006 Futura, Lewis Hamilton, and its recent $27,000 bid, and then the results of the auction. I think we move on to the next segment, which we wanted to talk about, like some of NASCAR cards and some of the history and some of the earlier sets, not necessarily to go super deep on these, which when the season is over, I'll just say you, you probably want to like subscribe to the channel because we will do be doing some deep dives on these sets, letting you know everything that we know we found out about them and print runs and everything else on them. So, but that'll be coming up after the season when everything kind of quiets down and we don't need to go through, we don't go through the recaps and, and the other stuff. So, but basically, and you can look in the archives for some of this already in NASCAR radio, but, and on the YouTube channel for like the 1970 Fleer drag strips. But again, we'll be revisiting them and updating uh, and some more current information, but the, the 1970 Fleer drag strips, I'll actually log it. I don't know if you want to talk about the year one card. Cause I think that predates that. Yeah, I recently found a card on eBay, and I bought it just because I thought it was cool. Uh, it came from Belgium, and I'm showing it right here, right now. It's it, it's like I said, it's from Belgium, and uh, it's got two stock cars on it. And what what's weird to me about it? It looks like they're going the wrong direction. And it looks like it may be on some place like Darlington or someplace like that because it looks like uh, the guardrails at Darlington. But 
I did a little research on these and uh, the number 41 car that's on here. I believe that to be the Travelodge uh, car of Jim Pascal. And then the number 16, uh, I also believe that to be Daryl Derringer. And if I put these things in, you know, that context, I, I did did some digging and things. And it looks to me like the, these cards or this card came, you know, in its pack or I think it came in, a, you know, some chocolate. But uh, it's like circa 1965 or 1966. So this could be one of the earliest stock car cards out there. And I don't know if you can see it at home here, but you can see the Travel Lodge sponsorship on that number 41 car, which was Jim Pascal's sponsor at that time. And I went, like I said, I went and looked at some old pictures and things, and I think that's when this came out. You know, it could be a little bit later than that. You know how people are. It could be, you know, 67, 68, but still, I think this predates the Fleer drag strips. And what's cool on the back, uh, I translated what was on the back here. And what it said is, it says, stock car is another new branch of automotive sport. Rough, brutal, not harmless, much practiced in the far states is what that means. So I'm not even going to try to pronounce it in in in, in uh, it's it's you know that language. I'm just not going to try to even do that. But I thought that was neat, so I wanted to show that real quick. I just like how they define that define stock car racing as a sport. Yeah, rough, brutal, not harmless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 1970 flag Fleer drag strips. It's a 10 card set, and so it was the first impacts, but really the selling point was stickers. So you got to remember 1970, the stickers, automotive stickers. And so really the pack was designed to deliver, I don't know if it was gum and stickers. And then there's gum a car. Stickers. Yeah. You, and got then, gum, you got gum and you got stickers. So it's a, it's a, like a tall boy size and it was a wax pack and the back card was the image, a black and white image with no writing on the back, full, full photo. And then in front of it towards the front of the pack would be the, how many stickers you got, but it was like multiple stickers. So Logan, what you're showing there is like one sticker, but there's like two or three stickers per, per card and they're blank backed. Yes. Yeah, these are blank back. There, there's nothing fancy about them. So, like, if you go flip over to like the one with Champion, you'll see that the the or just you pick one of those other ones where you can tell that there's multiple stickers on. Yeah. So the Champion is one, and then and was it Chevy? In a little bit too. So. Yeah, Chevy Eater. Um, there's the flag, and then there's one of Performance. Was that purulator filters mm -hmm. on the bottom? So there's yep. like three or four stickers on that sticker, and they they were scarred or whatever, so that you can peel them off. Then what people need to remember about the 1970s, at least I remember growing up, I put stickers on everything as a kid. So I put them on my my uh, brown bag book cover, put them on all of my folders, put them on my trapper keepers. I put them on, you know, lunch bags, put them on the lunch box, my $6 million man lunch box, my Star Wars. I mean, 
you put, put on I, your friends everywhere. Yeah, I mean, everywhere, everywhere. When I was a kid, I, I put stickers on everything. So they, they, they just made stickers back then, and you know, to find stickers like in the wild, because uh, we, I, we used them on everything. I'd put them on friends' foreheads. That's so. what I'm saying. So I think the stickers, well, the last time I saw it, it's been a few years since I purchased any. They're like $10, $15 a piece. But the cards, there's 10 cards in that set. But, you know, Fleer called it Fleer Drag Strips, but they were all over the road with the contents of the cards. So you had all different sports in in there, auto sports in there. So you have Daryl Derringer and Dan Gurney, which were NASCAR or they're pictured in, in NASCAR. You have Graham Hill and Pernelli Jones. Pernelli Jones. With, yeah, with Andy Granatelli. You also have Joe Leonard. Joe Leonard with Andy Granatelli. Art Pollard. There's there's a Ken Miles and Lloyd Ruby, if you've watched Ford versus Ferrari. So they're in that Ford GT image in there. And then Andy Granatelli has his own card in there. And it's kind of, I think, significant that Andy Granatelli is involved in this. And I don't know if this is where he got the idea for the 1972 STP set. So he's involved, and Andy Granatelli is part of STP. And a major avid racer, he tried to qualify for the Indy 500 at one point in his career. But I digress. So... And he's responsible for the 1972 STP teaming up with Ray Mann from Racing Pictorial. And then that was a 10-11 card set that was a giveaway during the 71-72 season. Yeah, that was an 11 card set, the 72 STP. Just imagine just imagine if Richard Petty had been in the 1970 Fleer drag strips. Oh, my gosh. Oh yeah. my God. Pierce and Pearson, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, NASCAR started in 48, so they'd only been running. It wasn't as marketable, I don't think, as the, the other leagues, but yeah, it could have been. <laughs> Especially after the 67 season that Petty had. So it always amazed me that it took so long for NASCAR to get card set or that you know, Andy Granatelli had uh, basically, I guess, you know, fund that whole 72 STP or STP funded that with racing pictorial. So, yeah, but there wouldn't, there wouldn't be another really NASCAR set until 1983 Uno. Now we have the 82 Kidco, but that's kind of a whole nother thing where it also pertained to a lot of different racing series. And it was more of, you know, packaged with, the Matchbox cars, but the 83 Uno, it was kind of a giveaway. There's not a lot of information about it. Kind of like, you know, we were talking about the European F1 brands. It's hard to believe that, that some of these these issues, we don't know more than we know. And it's been, you know, me and Logan been trying to piece information together all these years that stuff become available, but, you know, finding uncut sheets to find out who the printer was, uh, information like that. So 83 Uno. Another set was 85, 86 Sports Star Photographics. In 85, they created some stickers. In 86, they created, it was like a three and a half by five, five and a half card. 
And it's significant because Ray Mann, who we had mentioned that teamed up with Andy Granatelli with the 72 STP, produced the Sports Star Photographics. Now, what's interesting with that, with the Sports Star Photographics, was that he created placemats. He took that image, created the placemats, had them laminated, which actually, was, you think about it, it was probably a good idea because, you know, the guys, they could put that on their kitchen table and then they have the image. And on the back is, uh, you know, again, it's a placemat size. You're selling them at the tracks and stuff like that, but it never, I guess, caught on. But he produced this. There was a space that was not printed on when he printed those placemats, and that's where they printed not to waste any space on the on the rolls of paper. That's where they printed the photographics cards, and they were in batches, and some are super short printed, so it's a pretty cool, interesting series. Yeah, the Dale Earnhardt is a short print, and that's a highly desirable card. Um, you just don't see those cards in high grade. You've got that one. You've got Tim Richmond, Harry Gant. Those are all super short prints that you just don't see every day. Jeff Bodine is pretty tough, too, because I think there's 15 different cards in that set, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's but, a nice little set and, and tough, to your point. Yeah, and you know, you remember how they sold them, don't you? Yeah, and I've heard stories that they were in Ziploc bags, like three to a pack, and sold at the tracks. Yep, exactly. So we're talking 1985, 1986 in, in the South primarily. You know, this is he was selling the placemats at the track, so made sense for him to sell the things. And also use them as a promo. I'm assuming them use them as promos by so many placemats or whatever and you'd get a card or a sticker i've heard where they had them at the haulers and you know the drivers would sign them so yeah they that's did. the way i remember them that's 100 percent the way that i remember them was you you would go in and and especially on autograph sessions if you didn't have anything because it was tough to to find stuff you that they'd have their own cards and they'd sign their own cards right there in front of you so i 100 they the drivers had them. So it wasn't until 1988 that the more traditional for the traditional collector, shout out to Victor, that you got packs and factory sets of cards. And we had mentioned it. We were reading the articles in the Max Packs. And I, I want to say that when Jim McCullough did that first print run, he thought it was going to take you know, months to sell out. And he basically sold out within just a few weeks of the whole print run. So he had to go back and reprint the, the, the print line and then made the changes. So you have the Myrtle beach printing and the Charlotte printing. So Myrtle beach was the first kind of printing. Then they kind of, I don't want to say a living set, but took cards out and put other significant cards in, like took card number 43 and moved it and put Richard Petty in as 43. Daryl Waltrip in there. Yeah, and they took out, you know, like Talladega Streaks, which was just, you know, a regular track card or whatever, as opposed to an actual driver. So there are a lot of drivers in that 88 set. And just a shout out there, a lot of drivers still with us. And that's, Brad, to your point, they signed those. So working on a set of those through the mail is not – tough now we have some that have passed but for the mo most part 
they're pretty affordable and you know it's it's a fun set to to build so yeah logan do you remember when those cards came out into a hoppy shop do you, do you remember that? Because I, I do, and that's why I, I was... I know he does, because he talks about it when they got it and when they opened it. So I'll let you talk about the 88 Max. Yeah, I'll tell you my story real quick. It was 1988 Talladega. We were at the racetrack, and, uh, you know, we... My wife and I had been talking, to, you know, for years, thinking, man, they really need some NASCAR cards, because we, tri- we were collecting baseball cards at the time. And we went to Bill Elliott's hauler, and lo and behold, there's these boxes of cards sitting there. And, and well, I didn't know they were cards at the time. They, they, they look like card boxes, you know, little white boxes. And I went with the label on it. I went, I asked the guys, are these trading cards? He says, yes, they just came out. We just got them. And uh, I said, how much are they? They were $25. So I said, whoa, that's a big pill to swallow in 1988. You know, I hadn't been married that long. And uh, so I bought a set. And we took it back to the car because we didn't want to get it damaged by all the drunks flinging beer at Talladega. So you know, we knew, hey, take the take it back to the car. So we watched the race, came back, got in the car. Of course, we're stuck in traffic. And my wife opens up the box and she's in the back seat and she's like over my shoulder showing me all these cars. You, you can't believe this. And she goes, look at this car, look at this car. And I'm like, oh my God. And little did we know at the time, but those were that was a Myrtle Beach set that I bought. I had no clue that there were going to be multiple printings, so I got a multiple the first literally the first run of those cards. And uh, you know, from then on, it was game on, and of course, it sparked the the frenzy from you know, then till you know, like the mid 90s, uh, on NASCAR trading cards. But it was that was that was something I I, I could still remember looking on that counter and you know, looking over there and seeing those things, it's like, oh wow, this is this is this is a game changer for sure. So was this, I guess, the July race or the May uh, race? I'm trying to remember which race it was now. Because so I'm looking at the 80 schedule. So May 1st was the Winston 500. I don't know if that's the All Star race. I think it was. I think no, no, that that was the Winston 500. I think it was the May race we went to. So the May the Winston 500 was May 1st, and then Talladega Diehard 500 was. July 31st. Yeah, that now that race, I've told this before, but that was the going to Talladega in July. That's the only time I've ever had the inside of my ears sunburned. Yeah. That's how bad, brutal it was at Talladega in July. So, so Brad, you had mentioned that you remember when you the first time you saw the 88 Max. Yeah. So, my dad was a huge racing fan in, in the, in, in that time frame. And, if we didn't, if the, if there wasn't a new movie, and if there wasn't the Cowboys playing, my dad was watching NASCAR, and was a huge fan. And the, there was a little bitty shop that you know, the guy took a chance and bought three boxes of those cards, and my dad bought all three boxes and just blew through those three boxes and tried to go back and get more. He couldn't get it. He couldn't. He could not get more of those cards. And that's the most. That's the most significant thing that I remember is going back to the shop and trying to get more cards, and he couldn't get them. Like the distributor in Texas could not get those cards. So, 
I, I just that's the that's the main like it brought back a great memory of my dad and I just just watching NASCAR and and sipping sips of his beer next to the chair. So <laughs> you didn't hear that, Mom. <laughs> you know the only place I can find them in town because the hobby shops really didn't have eighty eight max was Family Dollar. Oh yeah. Okay. All the Family Dollars had them so. I literally went to all the family dollars and bought everyone I could find. Yeah. I and what was, what was weird is they had them. They weren't where you would think they would be. They were with like the coloring books and the, the children's books. That's where they were stashed. It, they were there. It was the weirdest thing. Man, I thought for sure you were about to say women's underwear. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so the, so the ADA max was, was pretty significant. It basically changed the game for NASCAR training cards. And NASCAR would have a set produced since 1988, every year. Yeah, uh, we've been lucky. I mean... Yeah, we I'm came sure. close to not having them, but... Panini saved the day. Yeah, and was press pass dropping that one in, 90, in uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I think the, norm, the mo- most normal, or if you ask a regular collector, they wouldn't realize that, you know, the... NASCAR trading cards have been around that long. F1, longer than F1 and uh, consecutive and IndyCar. So. Yeah, I don't think the average Joe, and I think this does, does, you know, you've got all the vintage collectors. You've got all the guys that collect from the 50s. That, for, I mean, the teens on back. I don't think they really appreciate the 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 history of, NAS, of the NASCAR, of the – just the significance of it in the industry. We'll talk a little bit more, but I, I, I really think that pe- that once people take a look at the history and the, I'm gonna say, I'll say it, the beauty of the history of the, of NASCAR cards, that people are gonna go, okay, well, we don't know the drivers and we don't know the the cards, but the cards and the history and all of that is is awesome and that's that's why that's i i love that's why i love your shows because it tells the history about it so i'm not going to gloat on because i don't want mr hall of famer psa to get too big of a head but you know well i think nascar is is a visual very visual sport right with all the cars and the colors and and all that stuff so that that is part of it and being able to distinguish those cars going 100 200 miles an hour so that kind of plays into some of that, but uh, not so we had a hundred cards set in 1988, but then in 1989 they ballooned up to 220, and a lot of subjects had gotten cards in 1989. That's another one that is kind of a tough one to find. Uh, it doesn't get on get all the the love that the 88 Max does. There's not a lot of variations in the 89, but there's a lot of first cards for a lot of folks. Yeah, that's where they included crew chiefs and car owners, and they even had some legends in there. Like, you know, that was, I, I believe, the first card for Wendell Scott. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, Fred Lorenzen, some of those other ones. So, yep. And, and the crazy thing about the 89 Max was I never, ever saw packs in the stores ever here where I live, where I live in West Tennessee. Even going to, Arkansas or Mississippi or Alabama never saw them. Saw plenty of the 
the little promo packs that had the 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 preview cards. They had like I think it was like four or five preview cards in a, that were mm -hmm. loose in there, and then three packs of '88 Max. Well, so the, tons of those. Yeah, the guys here they wanted those promos, and the distributor. The only way you could get those promos were to buy the boxes. I remember those boxes being in the hobby shops here in Texas. So I never saw any 89 Max boxes here ever. Yeah. And it's because, again, because of my dad, it's the only reason why, I, you know, I was in football at that time. So it, I didn't open it, but he sure did. I think part of that might be due to Max was changing their distribution method where they wanted everybody to come straight to Max where they had gotten all of this publicity and then they were selling factory sets out of you know out of max and then started the max facts the mm -hmm. the collectors club basically cut out the middleman and fanatic deals yeah and, and well you know when it comes to racing and just buy directly from them so we can talk about uh, we'll talk about that uh, another time one other one that we did not actually talk about free show was the 1989 winter circle so oh that's, yeah that's a whole nother one where that was a track giveaway also teaming up with some schools that pre-registered it was a 45 card set uh, at the tracks nine different tracks five cards uh, at different tracks to try to make a complete set again this was early in 89 before the price gods people had to sign up so they wouldn't do drugs shackleford would use that that list to help sell insurance and they used the maurice petty name for performance parts for Winter Circle. And so that was kind of the spin for that. Super rare, hard to find, and high grade because of the black borders and silverback. So speaking of silver, one of the other big ones that we talked about was the 1992 tracks. So this, while baseball was including one autograph chase card, say an upper deck of Reggie Jackson or Noah Ryan, Tracks came along and decided to, I think it was 10 cards. Don't get me lying. I don't remember. I don't remember I'm, either. I'm, I'm, I'm doing I'm <laughs> going I didn't know when you go to that next line of, of the autos, go ahead. <laughs> I had it up. I can't remember where I put it on my thing. But, yeah, so there's 10 cards, A9 or A1, A9, and a cover card. So this reminds me of like in the 60s, it was with the tall boy football where it had like that funny ring checkles card. Nobody knew what to do with it. And so they threw it away, ended up being scarce. So there's a no number cover card for that. And then nine cards. And then they worked their way down from A9 down to A1. So through the boxes. So at the end of the year, they had the, the A1. So we have legends like, Benny Parsons, Bobby Labonte, Jeff Gordon, all in the Hall of Fame. Got Kyle Petty, Ricky Rudd, Ernie Irvin, Harry Gant, Rusty Wallace in the Hall of Fame. These are all autograph cards. And then the cornerstone dual autograph of Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt Sr. NASCAR yes, Flamer card. All in, in 1992. All live in those wax boxes. Well, I had a hard time with the steak sauce in that one pack with the A1s in them. I, they, it was just completely messy. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> okay. I, 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 <laughs> so, so that that's a significant, I think, set that released, and and one of the probably iconic insert sets in yeah. NASCAR, and it was in 1992, their early era of cards. So, tracks started '91. Max had, I think, a three-year exclusive, and so in '91 the floodgates opened, and we had a lot of manufacturers making cards. So. In 91 tracks, you have the Jeff Gordon rookie, but in 92, they came, tracks came to play with that incredible autograph set. And I'm telling how many boxes they actually made of that stuff, but. Yeah, who knows? But, you know, the first autograph, NASCAR autograph I ever pulled was Jeff Gordon out of that. And I got him, and of course, he hadn't done anything at that point. And I looked at him, and uh, I looked at, oh, it's Jeff Gordon. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, he didn't win our, his first cup race, I think, until 93, 94. So, yeah. A, Brickyard. Yeah. So, Brickyard Charlotte. Oh, no, yeah, the Charlotte. Charlotte yeah. Charlotte, then he went to Brickyard after that. So, yeah, you've gotten that a few years early, to your point. But, again, it's what a iconic set, full with Hall of Famers, and then the dual Earnhardt Petty. So. Yes. Uh, in 94, this was, I think, epic at the time. But the 1994 Max Medallion to celebrate the, I guess it was the anniversary of the 88 Max that they had licensed or officially. So they had licensed, I, I remember here now, this had because of the 88 Max, there was an Earnhardt there, but, but he wasn't under license. So Max held back those cards. And the first official card rookie for Earnhardt at the time was the 89. But eventually in 94, Max and Earnhardt came to terms about that 88 card and to celebrate or or to promote it, they put 999 copies of this 88 Max card, but they put a gold serial numbered sticker on it, oh. numbered to 999, and they made 999 cases of the 84 Max medallion. And this was a redemption because you got the card, a letter that also included a Dale Earnhardt Sr. autograph, and yep. I believe a brown certificate with the matching serial number that's on the card. Yes. So that so that was a redemption, and it was a case hit, basically. Yeah, I remember buying boxes of those medallion cards, and they were expensive. I, I'm thinking they were like, at the time, they were like Oh God, I can't remember how much they were, but they were very expensive. Yeah, to purchase at the time, and I, I can only afford, you know, just a handful of boxes. And I was hoping to get one of those redemptions, and never got one. Yeah, one just sold, just sold, uh, in July, for five hundred and sixty bucks. And Is I it, can't. It was uh, let me see which number it was. It was in the the high. It was a higher number, nine seventy six. So number 976 uh, sold July 18th, excuse me, for $560. I, I, I honestly think that my humble not opinion, that's that's low. That's uh, low. Yeah. significance. That's low. That's very low. But that $3 will get you a Coke. <laughs> so, and also all that thing that they said there's 999 is actually a thousand. 
because there is a zero zero zero. So back back in the day where I was scouring eBay and stuff, I came across this, which I think Logan said it was like from 2012 or something or 2000 somewhere in there. On eBay, they had sold this zero zero zero. So so somebody held one one out. I think that's what they had mentioned in the eBay auction at the time, all those years ago. But uh, so that so that was a case hit. That was pretty sad, major, significant at the time. Whoa, we lost Logan. We that's lost right. Logan. That's right. The next set that we wanted to talk about is my favorite, absolute favorite racing set, and probably one of my favorite sets of all time, and that's the 1996 Press Pass set. And I absolutely, like, I'm getting goosebumps right now. And you're going to feel my passion through the, through hopefully through the podcast. Uh, Hobby product was packaged in eight cards per pack, 24 packs per box, and 20 boxes per case. Also included in the Hobby Only packs was a special Jeff Gordon championship card, paying tribute to the 95 uh, Winston Cup champion. Cards were found one poor 480 packs. Retail product was packed eight cards per pack, 36 packs per box, and 20 boxes per case. So I tell you that to tell you this set is an iconic card set. Iconic. Because these cards were the first ones to ever include a relic. And by relic, I mean race used tires, race used sheet metal cards, and then race used Earnhardt fire suit cards. This was the first relic, and the relics are also are would be considered player worn or game used or however you want to you want to call that. But this is the very first time it's done. So all the stuff that you that we go through now these. The, the logo man, the, the, the tag, the, the, any of that stuff, Press Pass did it. I think that Press Pass is so underrated in the hobby. I mean, that, that set even includes acetate cards. I mean, the, the significance of this set is just incredible for the hobby. And I just think it needs to be given much more due, due much more respect and much more love because if you go back and look take the cards take nascar out of it take the drivers out of it take take like the fact that everybody like oh it's racing it's, it doesn't matter but think of the historical significance of this set and and if you just look at the beauty of the hobby and the fact of what of this i I love this set. I absolutely love this set. So there's my passion for the. I, I when I when you said I was that I, I I couldn't wait to talk about this. Could not wait because wow, absolutely wow. I, think about all the stuff the 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 multi million dollar cards we've got now. The the all the panini fifty bazillion colors that we get. Think, all of that kind of you could point it straight back to this set think about the 91 fleer baseball think about the score they were they were they were just the cards 
or they were just variations on, on, on the colors of the cards. There wasn't anything significant. And I can remember when this set came out, we had just got into NASCAR as a, as a family. We just got into it. And when they found out we had, I had a racing tire as a freaking coffee table with a piece of glass over it. To find out I could get a piece of a Dale Earnhardt race in a card, dude, I was in. I was in. I love this set, if you can't tell. it's No, it's a great set. That year, 96, there was a lot of, to your point, you know, Press Pass did a lot of innovative firsts with, with relics and fabric and then started, you know, anything you can think of, they were putting on cards. Lug nuts, so, pistons. Right, they would. Parts. They would. I don't even know how thin those lug nuts would be. They had that triple burner, right? Yeah. So it was a uh, 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 lug, a uh, sliver of lug nut, you know, windshield. Windshield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the press pass did do windshield, but they'd have a piece of the fire suit, piece of the sheet metal, and the lug nut. Uh, they have them autographed. Uh, you know, and again, these print runs were nowhere near no. the mm -hmm. other sports. And that's what always blows my mind. And the prices are, I don't like to talk about it too much as, you know, the pricing because it's so affordable. There's so much to collect and you can pick what you want. You don't have to collect everything. You can, like you said, go after, I do this a lot. I go after an insert set and then either I'll go and I'll work on getting the whole insert set signed or I'll get go after an insert set that I happen to like. Maybe it's an autograph insert set that's die cut or whatever. So, uh, you know, you can pick your things and you know, most of it is the chase. It's really not about the price. It's it's about the chase and, and trying to complete it. So, and, you know, it's all affordable. Yeah, and then, you know, just to find that stuff in, in not good, but great shape, I mean, it was the very first, so there, you know, it wasn't all perfect and beautiful, and but it, it but just, God, can I? I never pulled a burning rubber. I never pulled like. I guess maybe that's why I'm so because <laughs> I never pulled one. I'm like, I got, I can't believe it. Well, I think some. I don't know if somebody had a case for sale, but it, it's kind of pricey at Steel City. They've got they pride themselves on having a lot of stuff that, that no one has. And so, but just quickly, you're talking about the passion. I had a, I think it was a 2000 upper deck auto graphs insert set. And so it was upper deck. It's die cut with a car on top. And then I think a picture on the bottom and it's signed. And I had it on the PSA set registry and somebody hit me, sent me a note asking if I was interested in selling it. And he said that he had had the set like that. He collected with his grandfather and that either whatever happened, it was sold, but he wanted to buy that set because he collected that with, with his grandfather who had passed. So, so we worked out a deal and I uh, sold him the set cause I, you know, I can work on, on getting another one, but the, the passion and the memories and stuff like that. So, you know, that, that's part of it as well. So. Yeah, I, 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 I really hope at some point people go back and they just 
ignore that that they don't like the sport and just look at the history of the early NASCAR cards and just the just the beauty and what was done differently. Some of the technologies came straight out of out of NASCAR cards. I mean, they they did, and that's why you know I, I don't collect a lot, but what I collect. You can't pull it from me. You will not be. Able, I mean, the only card that I have, like, even I've, Logan's the given Logan some cards, but Logan, you got my you got my bad boy, you got my bad boy that I sent you. So, and I much love to you, baby. Much yeah, love. appreciate it, brother. <laughs> Haley Vegan autographed card, man. That's yeah, rookie. The, Yep, I, I pulled it out of a out of a box that I bought it up at the local Walmart, and I go, hey, I asked, I actually asked Logan, hey, how do I get, you know, is it possible to get this done through the mail, TTM, to, and he's like, well, I don't know, send it to the garage and see if she'll sign it. I'm like, well, I'm I, I, okay, so I sent it, and then less than two weeks later, it came back autographed. That's so amazing. I I was like. I held on to it and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give this Logan because he'll appreciate it as much as I, I do. And now we got a love story together. So <laughs> hugs, hug, hugs, kisses, hugs, kisses, and skid marks. That sounds like a segment right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know um, we've kind of got over here, so I don't know if we, we want to uh, kind of wrap up here and, uh, Head over to the King's Court. I think you ought to cue the music is what I think you should do. All right. Uh, my computer did some crazy stuff all ago and it dropped me. And I got to get my notes back out. So, for you get an update. I don't know what what it did. It just my computer is absolutely just freaked out, and it, it it what what was weird while ago was uh I clicked on mute and I got the spinning wheel, and then all of a sudden, whammo, it just dropped me completely. So anyway, on the King's Court this week's King's Court. Uh, you know, some weeks I do an honorable mention, other weeks I don't. Well, this week. I am doing an honorable mention. Did you see that, Val? I see something that, that, that's called so, some word that we like to say often, and there's a hashtag on, and that's hashtag skid marks. All right. Well, I don't see the honorable mention, so let's go to the Joker. This is, this is our Joker of the week. Is there an honorable mention? Am I missing one? Yeah. I thought this was the last one in the list. Let me look. Uh, this was the honorable mention, right? Uh, no, this was this was the Joker. Oh, okay. Hold on. Unless I unless I did something goofy with the cut and paste, which no, you know, maybe I did. Maybe I I did it with the goofy with the cut and paste. So, well, I am I am on NASCAR radio, so there, there's Goofy right there. There you go. All right. Okay. Yeah. So here's our honorable mention of the week. 
This was on the 25th of September. The Tony Stewart five-star signature souvenirs with a really cool patch on it. Uh, I, I saw this and I just had to add it because I thought it was just so neat. It is autographed. It's number nine of 25. Mm. It went for $151 with 13 bids. Mm. And it is on card. It's not a, I don't think that's a sticker. That is on card. Oh, five star. Yeah, I like I like five star. I uh I miss press pass. <laughs> that was a high end product, yeah. Five hundred dollars. It was five hundred dollars a box back then, back in the But yeah, that's part of the Bass Pro Shops logo off of his uniform. So uh, I just thought that was a, a really swell swatch, so I included that as my very nice. mission. It's kind of swimming. Yeah. So uh, next up is our Joker. And this is in honor of you, Brad. Yes. Skid marks. Hashtag skid marks. Hashtag this, skid marks. this was on the 27th of September, 1999 Press Pass Skid Marks. It's a nine-card lot. And uh, Ooh, what's number. cool about this is you have a, a Matt Kenseth rookie there. You've got Adam Petty in there. Uh, and they're numbered to 175. They're numbered to 170. They're tough. Those are tough to find. And uh, it went for a buy it now price of $27.50. That's cheap. That's yes, cheap it is. For skid marks. Yes, yep. it is. If I had oh. seen that, I would have bought it just to get the Matt Kenseth rookie in the skid marks. Uh, yeah. And in the independent. Yeah, exactly. Somebody stole that. Somebody, I bet you somebody drove that, drove that like they stole it. Well, as soon as somebody saw that, if I had seen it first, I would, I would have gone click, real click, real fast. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that is, those are tough and those are really neat. Mm. See, this is a great stuff to go out there and collect. It's not going to, you know, break the bank, but you can work on them with get a skid marks set. So, yeah. Oh wait, was that the first time I've heard Logan say skid marks? I think it was. <laughs> skid marks. Hashtag skid marks. So, yeah, that was really neat. So, let's move on to our Jack of the Week, our young driver. This was on September 24th. George Russell, rookie car, 2020 Tops Chrome F1. It's a rookie refractor, and it's a PSA 10. He looks like he's 12. Yeah, he looks pretty young. He does look like he's 12. <laughs> he's only in his 20s. I think he's like 24 or something. He's, he's still a puppy. Yeah, young guy. So uh, they were asking $1,199.99 for this card. The best offer that was accepted was $900. Wow. So, it's not a bad haircut. No, it's not. It's not a bad haircut. And it's, you know, considering what prices have been for F1, I think that's that's a fair price. And I, I like that picture. The way they took it with the with the rainbow mm -hmm. in there that that really set that card off to me when I saw it. I said, oh, "This is this is going to be this is going to be my young driver right here." Yeah, it's nice. It's nice a nice photo. card. Very. I mean, uh, you know, the seller did a good job. That's how you uh, present a card for sale. Yes, for a refractor. Yeah, exactly. That that's how you, how you you present a card. You want to have a nice photograph like that instead of some kind of crummy picture where it's all cockeyed and. It's got glare and all that stuff. You don't want that. Maybe yeah, I don't think you would have got that from like a scan. 
No, you would not have got that from a scan. No, you got to use one of these these special lights that are set for video. Yep. All right, so let's move on to our queen of the week. This was on the 25th of September. I saw this. I 20, saw this card, yeah. 2022 genres, Haley Deegan downtown. It's only a PSA 9. Those things grade pretty tough, I've noticed. Oh, um, foil, yeah. Yeah, because of the foil. Exactly. The, the foil cards just don't grade well. I mean, you know, look, look at some of the things, some of the basketball cards that are out there <laughs> that don't grade well, but command high prices. But anyway, uh, it's a case hit, super short print. They were asking $149.99. The best offer was $127. So it wasn't far off. That's not bad. That's not a bad. I was guessing $120 in my head. Yeah. So there you go. It's not 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 too far off. It's a nice card. Uh, you know, still, you know, Val and I are kind of on a holding pattern with Haley Deegan right now. Uh, just because, you know, we think that she could do better, you know, and hopefully when she goes to uh, eventually goes to Xfinity, she'll she'll do good. So we're, we're hoping for that. Well, I think, again, you, you have to go back to teams. I think I think you have to go back to the teams and the and the, the her support staff. I I think this is one of those occasions where she's being hurt by her support staff. Yeah, I think being in Ford is is and for that team, I, there's not too many Fords in the in that truck series that are doing very well. So, well, you know why, Val? Don't you? <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. Because <laughs> it's. It's found on road daily. It's fix and repair daily. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she'd have done better if she stayed with Toyota. But that's that's a whole other story for another day. Yep. All right, King of the Week, male driver. This is on the 24th of September, 1987, Panini Super Sport. And they did a set break, apparently. This is uh, Ayrton Senna. It's a PSA 9. Italian, too. That's pretty sweet. Yep. And it went out for bidding. It went for $610 with 21 bids. Hmm. So that's not bad. A PSA 9, you know, a lot of those stickers back then are way off center. They, because they, they didn't care. They just cut them up, gave them to the kids and moved on. You know, they, yeah, you they just had to be able to read the, you had to just be able to see the picture and read, read the name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, we were talking about vintage F1. I mean, here you go. This is some nice vintage F1. And, you know, I, there was a time when I almost bought that set and didn't. No, of course, I wish I had. But <laughs> hindsight Why you just sold it? It has stayed in your collection. Yeah, because uh, my, my collection is uh, the Roach Motel. It, uh, things check in, but they don't check out. That's right. A little Hotel California reference. Yeah. All right. So next up. Our ace of the week, which is our one of one. This is the 27th of September. It's a one of one. So they say, I think, is that a one of one? Yeah, it's a one of one. It's a one of one. Chase Elliott, uh, Midnight Premium Patch from National 2021 National Treasures. They were asking $1,095. What do you guys think the best offer was? $900. I was going to say $900. 75 higher wow did it really go for for uh, a cool 
Ding, 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 ding. $1,000 is what the best offer was that was accepted for that card. That's pretty wow. incredible for that card. Yeah. And that, I think that's one of the redemptions that uh, – because right now if you go out, go out on eBay, you'll see a lot of Chase Elliott signed autographed cards because I think he fulfilled a bunch of <laughs> yeah. redemptions because I had one. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of folks talking about the Chase Elliott's all coming. So It's a sick patch, though. Look at that patch. Good Lord, that's just that's just gorgeous. Yeah, it's a pretty card. Of course, I like Chase Elliott anyway, so I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> I like me a little Chase Elliott. I like me a little Chase Elliott. Yeah, Val and I were lucky enough to meet him at the Hall of Fame, so he, he's a real nice kid. His, his yeah. daddy brought him up well. Definitely. All right. So our last card, our Royal Flush, our highest price card of the week. This is on the 25th of September, 2021. Tops Dynasty F1, Lewis Hamilton. It's a race patch auto. It's number eight of 10. And this went out for bidding. And people really wanted this card because it ended up being $4,861 for this card. So that, that would be a winner if you had bought a box of Dynasty right there, but uh, those are few and far between. That's a pretty nice pretty nice patch. I, I don't know where that's from. It looks like it's the O uh, on something. Uh, oh, I see where it is. That that Enios. Yeah, yeah, it's the O. That's, and... the, that's the O from that. Yep. I see, I see it. And we didn't even have Jason here to have to, have to I help. know. I was going to say Jason would be proud of us. He would be very proud of us. So Jason is our uh, identify where the patch is on the uniform guy. Yeah, he heads up that department. Yeah, he, he's he's in that department. He's also part of our promotional department. He does a lot of things. You know what? I give that card a meh. I give that well, card his, a his autograph to me gives it a meh. I mean, I just I, okay. When you just you got the Chase Elliott that was just colorful and like a lot of eye, eye appeal and. I, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of you know white, uh, you know the, that checkerboard pattern or whatever behind it. You know you have the blue autograph on there. It's eight out of ten. You have just you know not a big patch, in in the one letter as opposed to like you know Chase is part of that logo. So I guess you know it's part of the that other logo as well. But it looks like there's a lot of card there, not a lot of patch, not a lot of autograph as opposed to the the Chase. Yeah, yeah, I think I, 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 I can think see the value. Out. I mean, I can see the value out of where, mm -hmm. where the card would be worth what it's worth. But from for me, I appeal. Meh. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week's King's Court. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Brad, for joining us today. It was an honor and a privilege and a skid mark to be with y'all tonight. Or, excuse me, skid marks to be with y'all tonight. Yeah, we're glad you showed up there, Brad. We're, you did good. We're proud of you. Well, I'm glad I, I could. I'm glad I'm glad I could just be part of the team. I'm going to take one show at a time. I just I'm just here to 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 you know support the team. We'll do it one game at a time, one day at a time. And I can't come up with any more cliche Bull Durham cliches off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. I I. I I listen to the show regularly on the way to work and on the way home. And uh, it, it always sounds like that I'm just in the room listening to y'all. Uh, so 
It, it, it was fun to be on. I, 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 thank you. Thank you for inviting me and thank you for having me. You're always welcome, my friend. Yep. Well, I guess uh, anything else, gentlemen? I was going to I'll give the spill. Ha- hashtag skid marks, tie freaking Gibbs. Tie freaking Gibbs, hashtag skid marks, go Dallas Cowboys. Thanks, everybody who has uh, stuck yeah. it out to this far. Appreciate it. Uh, please like and subscribe to the podcast. We'll, like I said, when the season's over, we're going to have quite a bit of the other content, some of the harder to, uh, to get uh, from these older sets. So, but for me and the guys, uh, we will catch you next week. Boogity, boogity, boogity.